I don't know what you're doing this week. Or excited. And you didn't give me any ideas either. Yeah, um, so I didn't write this. Who wrote it? I'll, t- I'll tell you. Okay. I'm s- turn the computer away from me so that I can't see. Hello guys. Hello. How's it going? How Hello. we doing? Are the we vibes? chilling? Yeah, so today we're doing our seventh episode. Yeah. And my turn. Yeah. So I wanted to tell you guys a story. A story? Yes, a story. Okay, I have no idea what she's gonna tell us, so I would really like to know. But before we get started, what are you drinking today, Kirsten? I am drinking a homemade coffee by Sierra herself. Mm-hmm. It has peppermint and oat milk. Very nice. Very nice. What are you drinking? I am drinking a homemade coffee by Sierra herself, aka me. And it's um, cinnamon, sugar, caramel syrup, some like normal creamer. I don't know whatever creamer you have in your fridge. And coffee. Wow. And it's iced. And it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I think the coffee maker I have is not too shabby. Mm. I have that one. I just don't have room for it. Yeah. So I just have my Mr. Coffee, which I can't use. So how was your week? Anything exciting happened? I got crystals. Yeah. Which you already know about, but like, I got crystals. I cleansed them last night with sage, and I charged them, and then with the moonlight. The moonlight. Right. And then I also got Eric because he was looking at these. They had these like little an- healing angel stones. It had uh-huh. a little angel in it uh-huh. and like this little stone. Yeah. And he's looking at it. I was like, do you want it? And he's like, no, it's fine. And I was like, do you want it? It was literally $7. <laughs> it was literally $7. And they had like different ones. There was like a healing he's one. going to the dark side. Yeah. Crystals. Well, we had this like hour long conversation yesterday. Like very intellectual conversation in the car yesterday. Like we have those every once in a while. Wow. But yeah. It was pretty good. Oh, pretty good conversation. That's good. Yeah. At least you enjoyed it. Yeah, like, it wasn't like an argument. It was like a conversation. Yeah. So we've agreed that when we have children, we're just not going to raise them with any specific religion. We're going to teach them about specific yeah, religions. Yeah, so, like, I've been seeing this all over Facebook, and it's like, now, I don't agree with the pic, like, the pictation or the pictures that they use it's basically like a drawing Mm -hmm. of like a fan like a parent and children Mm -hmm. and they're like shielding them from a rainbow but the idea and the concept behind it is that they're teaching their kids that everybody's equal and you know like treating people equally no matter base religion all that kind of stuff and that's what me and Eric were talking about yesterday. Back so to your that's episode. How, so that's how your week went. Yes. <laughs> and I got crystals. And you got crystals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How did okay. your week go? Um. Yeah, it's been a week. <laughs> uh, just very like I don't know. 
I just like it flew by, but at the same time, there's just been like so much shit. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily bad, not necessarily good, just like so much just going on. Yeah. And just a bunch of shenanigans. It's just been a week. Okay. So, anyway. Today, I'm telling you a story. Okay. Okay. Is this like a scary story? Um, it- we'll see. I kind of skimmed through it because I also wanted to kind of be surprised. Okay. Like, surprised. Okay. Okay. So, I do want to give credit to the actual author of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I 100% did not write this. I am taking absolutely no credit for this story, but it is a pretty decent story. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that wrote this is Brandon Michael Collinsworth. Very, very good name. Yes. Very good last name. Yes. So that is the author of this story. Do I know if it's a true story? I'm not 100% sure on that, but we're going to go from there. Hmm. No one knows why fireflies glow. Okay. What? <laughs> there are, of course, a few theories, but there are good arguments for and against each theory. The first is the idea that the glow is a warning to other animals, a way of saying, nothing tasty here, stay away unless you want a nasty snack. Oh. And many animals that would normally eat insects, especially high-calorie, large insects like fireflies, do stay away. Bats won't go near them, but raccoons will. They have been grabbing fireflies, biting off the tasty half, and then throwing the nasty glowing half down. Interesting. So as a defense mechanism, it is only particularly effective. And if you think about it, that really makes it completely useless. Sure, the glowing makes the bats make a U-turn, but for the animals that are willing to eat you, well, every time you glow, you are turning on the buffet sign. Yeah, really. (laughs) You're kind of like, I'm here. (laughs) Another and more widely accepted idea is that the glow is for finding a mate. On the surface of Mm. this, it seems more likely. You have all those crickets, frogs, and creatures of all kinds cluttering up the airwaves with noise at night, trying to find their next hot date. So why complete with all that? Many daylight animals have courtship dances or bright colors to signal potential mates. Mm -hmm. But at night, those don't make any sense. But a blinking light sure does. That makes sense. That does make sense. I will say. Here's the problem, though. It has been tested on a couple of species of fireflies. And while they couldn't rule out that they were using their lights to signal mates, they were also using pheromones. Scientists put females in black-covered petri dishes, and even though they couldn't see the light, males still found them. So, basically, there's no solid theory as to why there's they a third possibility. Oh, okay, okay. The third possibility is predation. One firefly will signal to another firefly, drawing them in. Mm-hmm. Most scientists believe that the signals are mimicking mating signals and drawing in potential mates and then killing them. Oh my god, a serial killer flyer. <gasps> I don't oh disagree, but I don't know why that has to be the only case because there are a lot of scary implications with that possibility. Cannibals. One of those <laughs> is that this represents bona fide communication in the firefly world. There are light patterns that have meanings behind them, and a firefly can manipulate their own light to say whatever they want to say. So for all we know, the message could be just a call out to hang out that results in a large trap, or a firefly saying it needs a hand and requesting help. 
The idea of fireflies communicating ideas this complex is freaky in of itself. Yeah. Like, you got a tiny, a tiny brain and you can commute. They could just, like, flash, like, kill all humans and then we're dead. Oh, we don't even know. We just, oh, the pretty fireflies. <laughs> it implies that they could have personalities. And before you roll oh your God. eyes at that idea. That's so cute. Think about the other implication of a predation idea. It is other fireflies that are signaling not other animals, which implies that fireflies communicate. That the average firefly is trusting enough to be lured in because of the idea of murder wouldn't occur to them. And that a small number of fireflies are actually cannibalist serial killers. Okay, so like what I said, a serial in killer. In short, some fireflies are evil. I would really, really like to talk to these guys, these fireflies. All this I'm about to tell you happened in the summer of 1985. The last weekend before school started. My cousin and I went to different schools, but they started at the same time. So this was the last week of summer for the both of us. Mm -hmm. I was 10 and he was 9. Which doesn't seem like much of an age gap, but usually when you are a kid, a year is a huge difference. The difference between lifting half a bucket of water or a whole bucket. Oh. The difference of being able to run to the end of the driveway in 10 seconds or 12 seconds. Oh. Okay. The difference in being able to make free thrown... Make a free throw or a layup. But in spite of this age gap, I was very close to my first cousin. We were close because we liked the same things. We liked being outside. We liked playing sports. We liked getting dirty and we liked exploring the woods. And you liked fireflies. <laughs> we had spent most of the summer playing together. Our grandparents were retired and our parents worked days so our grandparents watched us during the day. But despite all this time together, we wanted a whole weekend to play uninterrupted and to be able to stay up as late as we could playing games and watching TV. That's fair. I agree with that. That's a good plan. Especially the last week before school. Like, you gotta gotta party You gotta live it up. (laughs) We asked our grandmother first, and when she said it was up to our parents, we both begged them until they gave in. We had spent our Saturday tossing frisbees and footballs and working on our fort. The plot of land our grandparents' house lived on seemed to be cut straight out of the forest. Hmm. So it was just kind of like... Surrounded by forest. Interesting. There was a dirt road in the front of the house, but on the other three sides of their home was forest, and it didn't gradually become wooded. It was literally one step, and you were on my grandmother's thick carpet grass, and the next you were standing in leaves with tall oaks, pines over your head, and a sprinkling of young trees fighting for every inch of sunshine. Hmm. Behind the house, there was maybe 30 feet of grass, and then you were in the woods, and it sloped down for maybe 150 yards before it flattened out again. At the beginning of summer, we had started to build a fort down in this flattened area of woods. We had found a reasonably opened piece of land and started clearing the leaves and pine straw. And we spent loads of time scouring the forest for trees that had fallen but weren't so rotten they fell apart, but were still light enough for us to carry. It's a very wordy man. Yes, he's I mean, very detailed. It's very good, yes. but very wordy. Yes. Mm-hmm. As you could guess, it took a long time. After a full summer's worth of work, the fort was about three and a half feet tall. We were shooting for at least four. Uh, so. Half a foot short. 
We probably wouldn't finish until spring, but we had located a large piece of tin that could cover the top so we could still climb inside and feel like we had our own clubhouse. Oh. We had spent the last day of daylight on that Saturday down at the fort. We had been digging it out a little bit so that we could stand up inside of it. We would still have a have to like hunch a bit, but we were they were close. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's so crazy that like this is what kids <clears throat> did. Now they just sit on their phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Your kid I sit will build on my a phone fort. Too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. She's yeah. going to be outside all the time. For sure. Yes. <laughs> We had been digging with our hands because our grandparents would not let us carry a shovel into the woods. We were filthy. The ground was dry, but we were still covered from head to toe in dirt. And we didn't mind. Of course. As the sun hung low in the sky, our grandmother's voice rang out through the woods. We heard clearly because we had been listening for it. I shouted back, telling her we would be back on our way in a minute. We stood up and dusted off and headed up back to the path we had made to the house. Our grandmother would not let us into the house until we cleaned off, but we weren't ready to come in. We compromised. Grandpa set up a folding table on the back porch, and we ate outside as the shadows of the tree crept further across the yard, seeming to devour it. Grandpa came out to the porch to sit and smoke his evening pipe. Grandpa was a man of few words, and he sat there for a time smoking in silence. We had finished our meals and had joined Grandpa in silent requiem. Silent what? Silent requiem. Like a silent atmosphere. Okay. We had been running hard and chattering all day, and now that we had finally gotten still, it seemed that exhaustion might have caught us off guard. Then Grandpa's thick country patios startled us. Look there, boys. Grandpa was pointing with his (laughs) pipe towards the woods. Fireflies are out tonight. We looked. We marveled at them as they emerged from the woods. It wasn't a swarm of them. I didn't think it was a swarm of them. But there did seem to be more and more of them emerging from the woods as minutes went by. That's... After hearing that they might be serial cannibal murderers of their own kind, that's a little concerning. It's like they're like little like demons who come out of the woods at night, you know? It reminded me... the same. (laughs) It reminded me of a nature video I had seen of bats emerging from a cave at night Mm, in Mexico. Great. Which I guess is precisely what it was like. It was my younger cousin that had the idea. He looked at me and simply said, I bet I can catch more than you can. I laughed and flopped a hand to indicate how ridiculous that was. Winner sleeps on the couch, loser sleeps on the floor, he proposed. Oh, fair deal. I pretend to ponder the challenge for a moment. I was going to agree. I always agreed to his challenges, (laughs) but this time I didn't feel bad about it. When my cousin challenged me to basketball, badminton, or some other sport, I always felt bad because I was win. Because I was win. Hmm. I was win. Because I would win. I was bigger, stronger, and faster. That's very, uh, like, full of yourself. How do you know? Yeah, like, he could have been letting you win. You just know, kidding. he could have been like, I'll just I'm just kidding, sir. This is a very good story. It's a very good story, us. but like, chill, fam, chill. <laughs> when he challenged me into board games and video games, I felt the same way. I was a year ahead of him in school and my reflexes were just a hair faster. My brain a tad more developed. I didn't hold back or ever let him win. He would have known and been mad if I did. He believed one day he would catch up to me when he won. He wanted it to be fair and square. 
This competition seemed perfectly fair, though, no different than an Easter egg hunt or hide-and-seek, and he had beaten me at those before. I held out my hand, and he slapped it. The challenge had been formalized. Ah, oh, yes. The good old hand slap. Our grandmother would not give us the jars we wanted to put the fireflies in. She reused all of her jars, but was willing to part with a couple of opaque ice cream containers oh. that had handles that would make it easy for us to carry. Grandma's got her thinking cap on. Oh, yeah. We took our buckets, stood on the edge of the porch, and asked our grandpa to count to three. He slowly counted up, and on three, we both jumped off the porch and ran in opposite directions trying to catch one. If you never chased fireflies, it is like playing Marco Polo. Instead of being blindfolded, it is just dark, and then you can't see a tiny bug. Instead of saying Marco, you are just willing the little lighting bug to light up. Instead of saying Polo, the firefly lights up for a second. Sometimes they stay lit for as much as two seconds, then will be black for as little as three seconds, or as long as maybe 10 or 15 seconds. What if he, the firefly is trying to lure his children in to eat them? Just wait them. and see. Oh my god. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. When they laid up, you run to where you last saw them, but just like Marco Polo, they aren't there anymore. They have moved. You try to move in the direction you think they were headed, and hopefully they light up again right in front of your face and you snatch them. They seem to be everywhere, and every couple of seconds I snatched one out of the air. I would then pop the lid open from the bucket just enough to shove it in without looking. I was trying to track my next catch. I probably lost as many as I actually got in the bucket, but I didn't care. This was summer, and I was a boy, and this was as good as life was going to get. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me until... Whatever's about to happen, happens. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't been paying much attention to where I was going as I chased the bugs, and before I knew it, I was at the edge of the forest. I glanced around and didn't see any more fireflies in the yard. I watched for a few seconds and saw no more light up. I could see my cousin, too, and he stood there at the edge, too, looking. The fireflies didn't all disappear, but they just seemed to have moved to the woods. Oh, my God. I watched them for a few seconds as the entire forest seemed to be full of glowing orbs. After a moment, I glanced back at my cousin, expecting to see him walking over to where I stood. Instead, he was still rooted at the same spot, looking into the woods. I started walking over to where he stood, and then he looked over at me. He looked at me, and in the failing light, I could see a devilish grin on his face. <laughs> then he turned back into the woods and bolted into them. Ah, lovely. That's how kids die. I'm just saying. <laughs> I was surprised only for a second, and then I bounded into the woods myself without a second thought. Our grandmother's voice chased as we divided in, telling us not to go too far and stay where we can see the porch light. Bet you didn't stay where you could see the porch light, did you? <laughs> did you? Brendan. <laughs> that first 150 yards of wood that sloped down had a few young trees with low-hanging branches, but it was mostly large old trees with big roots that bulged out of the ground all over the place. What I'm trying to say is that it wouldn't have been advisable for most people to just go barreling into a forest in the dark. <laughs> but no the thing. woods had been our home for the last few years, and every inch of this part of the forest had been well-traveled by us. We knew this area as well as we knew our bedrooms. I stepped over holes, and I knew where to duck under low-hanging branches without taking my eyes off the fireflies. The air around me was thick with them, and I was grabbing one out 
of the air every couple seconds. They were constantly in front of me. Every time their butts lit up, they would be a foot or two further in front of me. I moved further and further into the woods after them. I never glanced around at my cousin or wondered where he was. I assumed he was chasing his own swarm of fireflies down the hill, too. My mind was full of nothing but joy of the chase and the supreme confidence that I was winning. With that elation coursing through me, the forest of all of a sudden went completely black. Oh, that's a little scary. <clears throat> I need a drink. Hold on. It's getting spooky up in here. <laughs> all at once, every lightning bug blinked out and didn't light back up. Ma'am, <laughs> excuse me? Blinked out. Yeah, they're done. They went away. They oh just didn't light back up. I'm scared. It had all been staggered up to this point. There was always some light from a fraction of the bugs. But now suddenly I was plunged into darkness. I wasn't immediately frightened. <laughs> I wasn't a boy who was afraid of the dark. And I like am. I said, I knew the woods. But I wasn't. But I was disoriented. I am a boy afraid of the dark. <laughs> I turned and looked back and could still see the porch light. I had come to the bottom of the slope that ran down from my grandparents' house. The trees had cleared a bit, and I was only a few dozen feet away from the fort my cousin and I had spent the summer building. Hmm. I debated what to do next. Go back up to the house, I figured. The game seemed to be over. I thought it was odd the fireflies all disappeared at once, but I wasn't really inquisitive enough to wonder why that had happened, and I certainly didn't read anything sinister into it. Because you're 10 years old, and you didn't have a computer back then. And just as I was getting ready to head back up the hill, suddenly all the fireflies lit up. <gasps> no. They thought they had him, and then they were losing him. They're like, no, come back, child. <gasps> It was the opposite of what just happened with them all going out. All of them near me lit up at once and stayed lit for maybe four seconds and then went out. They stayed out for a couple seconds, then lit back up for a few couple more seconds. They were blinking it all in in time with one another. I stared slack-jawed at this. Wow. That's an interesting word. I've never heard that. Hmm. Once again, I wasn't scared. In the wild, animals act in strange ways sometimes. This was amazing, and I was curious why they were acting this way, but I didn't feel scared until I realized something. They were all around me. Um, I don't have a good feeling about this, guys. The fireflies were circling me. Oh, cool. They weren't any, there weren't any fireflies 10 feet away from me, none off in the distance or 20 yards. Literally every firefly I could see was within arm's reach of me. Hmm. I turned, and they were completely surrounding me. The light was almost blinding because there was so much of And when they went out, the night blindness kept me from seeing anything else. This was all wrong. It felt oppressive, and at first, I couldn't put my finger on why, and then I could. It felt like a blinking neon sign. The fireflies felt like a blinking open sign on a storefront, or maybe an all-you-can-eat sign blinking on a restaurant. <laughs> at that moment, I wanted to be away from them. I couldn't see how they could harm me in any way, but this fun evening suddenly felt scary and the bugs blinding me and pointing me out to the world felt menacing. You would not believe your eyes. Ten million fireflies. Circled around you like a freaking demon cult and then tried to eat you. <laughs> That's what I'm feeling. Those are the vibes that I'm getting right now. I was just about to take my first step towards home, wondering how the fireflies were going to react when the forest felt different. 
oh cool you're in another dimension now (laughs) i didn't hear anything but it felt different the forest felt heavy and quiet i couldn't hear anything and thanks to the lightning bugs i couldn't see anything either Hmm. but nonetheless i felt something near and i felt like it knew i was here too of course it did the fireflies were pointing right at me Hmm. great so you've been transported to another dimension by some serial killer fireflies and now there's a demon that knows you're here because of said fireflies yes cool all right (laughs) (laughs) panic was beginning to set into me pushing out all my rational thoughts but before it did this last thought came to me you can't make it to the house it's too far hide in the fort and maybe it'll pass by you i don't know if that's a good idea as terror wiped even that thought from my mind i darted for the fort instinct took me straight to it one of the last things my cousin and i had done was dig a small ditch under it we could no longer climb in from the top it was just deep enough to crawl under and wiggle into the fort i went under it head first when the upper half of my body was through i suddenly felt stuck with my legs and butt naked and exposed no nope. <laughs> no absolutely not so you have a demon that likes to pants people <laughs> the fear that something would grab me and pull me out caused me to start weeping i worked my body faster and faster in a panic scared i wasn't going to get in finally my butt squeezed through the opening and i was in <laughs> I am this kind of paranoid. The fireflies have somehow set me up in a demon trying to get me, and now I'm butt naked and not being able to squeeze through this little hole. That's the kind of paranoia I have. I crawled to the very center of the fort, sat down, and hugged my knees up to my chest and continued to sob. Slowly, I began to get myself under control and inexplicably felt safe and foolish. I just ran from fireflies. The longer I sat there, the more together I got. I began to hope that my cousin didn't see me running from lightning bugs and that he definitely didn't hear me crying. A new worry started to creep in. How long had this taken? Were my grandparents worrying about me? Maybe stomping around the forest with flashlights? I had just begun to crawl back to the exit when the fireflies came back. Just like before, it was all at once. One second, pitch black, and the very next, every bug is lit up. They weren't inside the fort they had surrounded it there was about an inch or so of space between each of the boards and it was all light every couple of seconds as they flashed their rears i jerked back to the middle and curled back up and this fort with its walls that felt so safe a second ago looked like looked just like what it was a pile of dead trees with a flimsy piece of tin on top well that's not very nice spent a lot of time on that fort i sat frozen staring at nothing and seeing nothing but altering pitch black and light pouring in through the walls but after some interminable time something was approaching i sensed it before i heard it and saw it as it approached it didn't make a lot of noise it took slow heavy steps and it didn't seem to break branches but i could hear rustling leaves as it moved oh no which made a lot of sense we had cleared out a lot of leaves from where the fort was so there were more than usual in the area around the fort its steps didn't shake the ground, but they did seem very much to thud. It seemed that when its foot came down, it put roots in the ground and it would never move again, but then it would. Each step sounded final, but for the long time, they weren't. Soon, though, it was on the inside of the ring of the fireflies. Oh, <laughs> what is this demon monster? Is it the cousin? Because if it's the cousin, we're pissed. Better not be. 
Now when the light blinked, there was a blank space in the light. Its shadow stretched into the fort each time they blinked. I wept silently and began to shake. No. I still had not looked at it, but I knew where it was and that it was staring at the fort, but not yet into it yet. No. No. I kept telling myself to look. That looking wouldn't do me any good. It would just make me crazier with fear. It might make me scream and call attention to myself. I had no covers to pull over my head, but I was trying to act just like a child that does when they fear the boogeyman is in the closet. No, absolutely not. Nope. Mm-mm. The reason why the child does that and why I was doing that is simple. It is a stupid idea still stuck in ancient lizard part of our brain that says if I can't see them, they can't see me. Mm. I was too old to believe this, but I tried very hard to. I'm not too old to believe it. (laughs) (laughs) The creature started to walk around the fort. The fireflies would blink out and then back on and that shadow would be in a different spot. Its heavy footfalls would continue for a bit and then stop. At first, I had hoped this thing didn't know I was in here, and if I was just quiet, it might move on. After a few minutes, I felt sure it knew I was here. (laughs) It had to, and it was just taunting me, playing with its food before it smashed apart this pile of dead wood and snatched me out to my death. But that didn't happen. Oh. It kept pacing, but it never even bumped the fort. I was still terrified, and most of my mind was just a white panic, but I had begun to think again. I had an idea, and I latched onto it, put all my hope in it, and willed myself to believe. All these years later, I am still sure my 10-year-old self was right. It couldn't come in, because this was a house. This is how I understood it then. Over the years, I had come to believe it like this. Whatever that thing was, it can't cross barriers. The borders we make in our world blocks it. It couldn't come into the fort and it, could, it couldn't it could have come into my grandparents' house. Hell, I don't think it could have even come up to their house. I think the edge of the woods would have stopped it. Where those trees end would be its border. What would happen if it crossed the border? I don't know. Maybe it was just physically incapable the way you are incapable of touching your nose to your elbow. Or maybe it would cause terrible pain. Maybe it even would cause death. I really don't have a clue. Maybe it wouldn't do anything, and it was all in my head. I was like, I better not be it, because I'm up there with some hands. I was still terrified to the point of panic and only just barely holding on to grip on myself. Then I realized that is exactly what it was trying to do. It was trying to scare me. It was trying to make me go into a blind panic. When an animal goes into a panic, it is just as likely to run into the arms of danger as a way as it is away from it. <laughs> It wanted me to try to run so it could catch me. I had no doubt it could, even though it was taking slow steps. I was sure it had a faster speed. Knowing this calmed me down a bit. If I couldn't harm me inside the fort, all I had to do was wait it out. Soon someone, probably my grandfather, would come looking for me. Yes, this creature was big, and yes, it was clever, but my grandfather would have his rifle on him. I wasn't sure this creature could be killed with a gun, but it seemed likely. It was clearly not unstoppable all-powerful monster otherwise it would be able to pull a 10 year old boy out of a child's fort robs feeling more confident and a little less scared i finally decided to try and see what was hunting me in the slowly blinking light of the fireflies i couldn't make it out much about the creature but it was brown not hairy brown but a gnarled kind of flesh cool it looked almost like a tree bark so it's a monster tree (laughs) It was very tall, or it had very long legs. The fort stood just over four feet high, and the only thing I could see was its legs. 
Miss Ma'am, you are being hunted by a tree demon. (laughs) I leaned forward to get a closer look. The creature recoiled a bit and made a strange noise. It sounded a bit like someone shaking a maraca. (laughs) So I'm dyslexic and um, it's hard to read hard words like that. (laughs) So macarena and maraca look very similar. She was like, (laughs) macarena. Or a little like playing cards on the spokes of a bicycle tire, but lower and more guttural. It sent a chill down my spine and raised goose flesh on my arms. Oh, that's interesting wording. It's called goosebumps. Not goose flesh. Mm, yum. Still, I leaned closer and in response, the thing began to lean down to look at me and the fireflies blinked oh, out. Hell no. <laughs> Without their light, I was completely blind at first, but slowly I could see again, and the first thing I saw were red eyes. Not glowing red, but just a deep crimson with a spot of black in the center. So a vampire tree? (laughs) (laughs) As my eyes adjusted further, I realized just how impressively tall this thing must be. It was almost laying flat just to look me square in the eyes. Its head was long and misshaped with strange protuberances coming off of it in places. Far down from its dead, disquieting eyes, I found its mouth. It hung open, and long daggers of teeth were visible. They didn't gleam, though. They were stained dark. Hmm. I could still tell that its teeth were white by looking at their bases, but the teeth themselves were dark, stained with blood. Well, he probably just ate your cousin, so... (laughs) No doubt. Hopefully not flesh. Suddenly, I remembered my cousin and hoped that this thing didn't go... To him before it came to me. I think it did. (laughs) The thing studied me and even leaned in a little close in response. I leaned back a bit. It started its clicking noise again and I knew I was about to scream. About to shout for it to go away. I was going to start bawling again, begging it to leave me alone. But before that could happen, I heard my name shouted in the distance. The creature sprung up and I began to shout. Not shouting for the creature to go away, but shouting for my grandfather to hear me. I shouted, I'm here. I shouted his name. I shouted for him to watch out and that there was something down here. The thing stood where it was for a minute longer and then it was gone in a flash and confirmed what I knew, that there would have been no way for me to outrun it. I continued to shout and didn't stop until my grandfather threw off the tin from the top of the fort. Then I stopped shouting and started weeping. My goodness. Literally, you're... The many characteristics that this monster portrays is a tree a demon Mm -hmm. um a vampire yes and a firefly (laughs) i don't even i don't know what to call it the firefly thing i don't know i raised my arms to my grandfather like a toddler wanting to be picked up he was still a strong man and he scooped me up i continued to weep i said it was going to get me he patted my back and i buried my face into his shoulder he began to walk up the hill I kept repeating it was going to get me. He said there was nothing to get me. I protested. The greatest relief I have ever felt in my life was when we emerged from the woods. Until that very moment, I was sure I was going to die. And at that moment, I knew I was safe and nothing could ever make me go in there again. Grandpa sat me down. Do you know where your cousin is? He asked. Bitch, don't (laughs) even tell me. My heart dropped. I had hoped and thought that he was here. Finding out he wasn't caused a wave of grief to slam into me. I dropped to my knees and began to cry, mumbling through my sobs that it got him. 
I saw my grandfather walk back towards the woods and realized he didn't have his gun. I ran to him and grabbed him. I begged him not to go. He said he had to and that he would be right back. Finally, I just begged him to take his gun and he relented. He didn't believe I had seen anything. He thought maybe we went too far from the house and lost sight of the porch light and panicked. Maybe I heard something then and it scared me, but he didn't believe that there was anything dangerous in the forest. Not until he couldn't find my cousin. Even then, I am not sure what he believed. <laughs> Grandpa had been gone for over an hour and I was still sitting on the porch with my grandmother. She had given me some hot cocoa and had wanted me to take a bath and get ready for bed. I stayed on the porch, though. Occasionally, I would see a light in the woods, and my heart would stop thinking it was a firefly. Then, I would realize it was my grandfather's flashlight, and I would ease up. He came back, and they called the police. <gasps> oh, my God. The next couple of days are a blur. There were so many people, so many tears, and so many questions. No trace of my cousin was ever found, though. I never told anyone exactly what I saw. Having had some time to get myself under control, I realized no one would believe me. Best case scenario, they would think I was traumatized and my imagination ran wild. I believe you. Worst case scenario, they would think I was covering something up. In the end, I told a lie that was very close to the truth. I left out the circle of fireflies. I left out the looking at the creature, just saying I hid in the fort and whatever was in the woods didn't find me. The cops believed it. My parents believed it and thought, given enough time, I might even believe it. My family talked in whispers around me for months. I finally heard what the official theory from some guys at school. This was still the 1980s, and the satanic panic was still a thing. Mm -hmm. Most people believed that a cult had kidnapped my cousin and did unspeakable things to him. Oh. There was no cult, but I was sure unspeakable things were done to him. A few more rational people thought that he had just gotten very lost and maybe bitten by a snake or broke a leg and died in the woods. There was a perfectly logical theory, but he would never have gotten lost in the woods to start with, and the family knew it. I think the family always believed the satanic cult theory, but it was never spoken of, which almost made my cousin's death worse. It's almost like he never existed. I don't know what this thing was in the woods, and I don't want to believe there's anything supernatural about it. I want to believe it's just something that evolved differently than us, and that may be true, but there is something that seems mystical about the control it had on the fireflies, and on the way it couldn't come into my fort. I think it was a creature of intelligence, but I don't know if it was evil or just hungry. But I do think it is still, in fact, in the forest, and I wonder if it is alone. That's the end. I believe you. Brendan, I believe you. So, I don't know if the story is true. It um, seems like it is. It seems pretty true. Yeah. Um, I got this off of creepypasta.com. I love creepypasta. Creepypasta normally isn't true, though. I mean, I don't know. I believe you, Brandon. You never know. You never know. And I hope that um, you go back into the woods and find this monster and ask him what he did to your cousin. Because I would like to know what happened to your cousin. For realsies. For realsies. Because, like, if he got bit by a snake or broke his leg, you would eventually find the body. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, it would be there. Because, like, it's not going to bury the body or anything. So. I don't know. That was, that was a little crazy for me. A little quick card. Yeah. So, that was my uh, story. Wow. That is 
intense. It took me a long time to find one that I liked. But yeah, so I thought I would like piggyback off of your like little games to play in the dark thing. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to need to wrap this up because it took us 10 years to even get to this point, unfortunately. Okay. So seven o'clock. Oh, perfect. I'll get home by like 830. (laughs) God. So. All right. um, We hope Um, you guys enjoyed Yes, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope yeah. I wasn't too bad of a storyteller. No, this was a very interesting. My dyslexia got good. me a bit. Very good story. He was a little wordy. Mr. Brandon was a little. Yeah, he was very detailed. I did like the detail. The detail was great, but he's a little bit wordy with his. Yeah, with his words. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's totally fine. Um. All right, guys. So like I said, this story was written by Brandon Michael Collinsworth. And I got this off of creepypasta.com. And this story is called Fireflies. Um, and don't go in the woods, um, yes. at night. Don't go in the woods at night. Don't catch fireflies. Yeah. Don't I take your cousin with you. Um, uh, we used to catch fireflies all the time. Yeah. Are they trying to lure me in? Because, like, I would, I would chase them suckers. <laughs> I would. If I saw them, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Luckily, we didn't live, like, super close yeah, to Yeah, we lived in, like, a development. Yeah, so, so. like, I think that's what saved us. Okay, so we're going to head out. We hope you guys have a wonderful day, yeah. evening, morning, or night, whatever. Um, yeah, yes. so. And, uh, keep on sipping. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Kirsten here from Killer's Crime and Coffee. Don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook at Killer's Crime and Coffee, a true crime and paranormal podcast. Instagram at Killer's Crime Coffee Pod. And you can also visit our website, killerscrimecoffee.wixsite.com. Feel free to email us uh, your story suggestions and feedback at killerscrimecoffeepod at gmail.com. Make sure to also follow our friend Kobe, who made our awesome intro music on Instagram at kobe.conrad with four Ds, where you can find a link to his music. Make sure to find us on Spotify and Amazon Music. Bye!